Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we're going to be getting into a discussion around uh, banking, uh, financial services, and the intersection uh, with technology. Those of you that have followed the platform will know that I am a huge geek. So anything that has, uh, you know, the words technology around it, I am jumping up and down. And obviously, financial services is probably one of the biggest industries um, in South Africa, probably one of the most mature in the world. And, you know, just having that discussion around some of the opportunities that exist in a world of chat GPT and other types of technologies. Uh, that's the conversation uh, that uh, we're going to be having. So for today, we're going to be chatting with the team over at uh, Accenture. And uh, we're going to be, you know, just understanding, you know, some of their thoughts around uh, you know this particular topic and we're going to be uh talking to ishmael mupambang mpabanga yeah mpabanga yes yes, yes. I, I had to stop myself there <laughs> i do not want to butcher people's names he is a senior manager uh, within the financial services practice over at accenture in africa <laughs> Ishma, greetings to you. Rudiwa, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it's an absolute privilege and pleasure to be here. I listen to your show weekly um, and your and your very distinguished guests. So for me to be on the show is really great. Thanks for having me. Now, thank you so much for making yourself available. And at least I know that, you know, apart from uh, my sister and my wife, that you are also listening to the show. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's three. So that, that helps. <laughs> yes, that, that definitely helps. Now, um, Accenture, you know, probably one of those names that's well known in the business world, one of the biggest uh, consulting firms, you know, um, you know, globally. Uh, but, you know, for your specific service, uh, practice around financial services, what type of work are you guys doing? You know, because um, obviously you're not a bank, uh, but, you know, you guys are, you know, in the in the consulting field. So what type of work do you find yourselves doing? Great. Thank, thanks, Medeo. I think that's a great, uh, a great way to start. I, I think to, to put it, uh, to put it in, in, in layman's terms, we just try to help banks become better. Uh, I think, I think that's the essence. Uh, and at, in, it's the core of what we do from a technology perspective, from a strategy perspective, from a customer perspective, just trying to provide them with best-in-class practices, as well as uh, just a better understanding of what's happening globally. Um, and of course, at Accenture, within the financial services practice, we are a global practice, but we do have a South African, a South African practice where I currently sit, uh, and we work across uh, across all the banks. Um, and 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 our day-to-day -day, uh, just, I, I guess, encapsulates sitting. Uh, with uh, with the C-suite and their teams to give them a better understanding of where they can make the, the where they can make the improvements, how they can improve their landscape, and how can they how they can make their customers' lives better. I think I think that's uh, that's how I would put it. All right. At least we have that understanding. The type of things that you guys are doing on a daily basis, and I think where I wanted to begin this today um, is that. 
since COVID-19, right now in technology, I would say that the biggest buzzword is probably AI, artificial intelligence, generative AI, that type of thing. But through the COVID-19 pandemic, the biggest buzzword during that period, and I think it continues now, perhaps it's now third or fourth in the rankings for what are people talking about in the technology discussions, is this issue of digital transformation. And so many people have, you know, different definitions and that type of thing. But for me, it seems a bit weird to talk about digital transformation in banking, because if you are to talk to people from certain uh, technology companies like IBM, they would tell you that some of their systems are still being used from the 1980s, are still being used in banking today, right, which would at least signal that that technology has been at the heart of banking and financial services, you know, for, for, for decades. So when we talk about digital transformation from that point of view, you know, are we really transforming how banks use to, uh, are we trying to encourage a use of technology or are we trying to imagine a different use of technology in banks? Look, that's a great question, and 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 I think your 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 reference is to legacy technologies within banks, and and it is a challenge that the majority of banks face today, not just locally but globally, and and the trajectory uh, for those banks is to modernize uh, and to of course optimize uh, in order to provide a greater customer experience. Uh, some of the challenges they face uh, with legacy systems is some of these legacy legacy systems uh, find it difficult or are incapable of transforming or integrating into the latest technologies. Uh, and and when you talk, I mean, you spoke about Chat GPT, you spoke about AI, uh, you touched on it briefly. Um, and, and when you look at bringing those technologies into legacy systems. It takes a hell of an effort from for for the banks um, uh, to put these large transformative programs together. When you look at technological advancements, the first aspect of the challenge revolves around the rapid pace of technology uh, and how it advances. And the digital landscape is constantly evolving. So, with emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, big data analytics and mobile applications, these are what are reshaping the way banking services are delivered. And banks at the moment are looking to invest in these technologies, but the stumbling block, which is at the forefront of executives' minds across multiple banks, is how do we integrate our legacy systems or completely change these systems in order to, to innovate and remain competitive and, of course, relevant. It is a very interesting, you know, um, uh, I guess, space to be in, and I like the fact that you distinguish between, because you haven't said no, banks have not been using technology, but rather you've distinguished between legacy or old uh, technologies versus, um, I guess, the tension of trying to modernize. And in that tension, right, you are trying to keep pace with what's going on in terms of technology, um, right? Right now, we're talking quite a lot about, you know, the likes of AI, but at the same time, you need to make sure that the customer experience, um, you know, is, what's the word I'm looking for? unhindered, uh, seamless, 
unencumbered, whatever words we want to use, that it's easy. Me as a banking customer, I should not feel, right, uh, any difficulty in experiencing that technology. So could you talk to us um, just around uh, that particular tension between those factors? Look, when you look at customer expectations overall, it's the challenge pertains to meeting to meeting them where they are. In today's digital era, customers demands they demand seamless, personalized, and convenient experiences. Now, it's very difficult uh, for banks, and we just spoke about legacy systems, to provide these um, end-to-end seamless experiences based on how they've historically been run. All right, um, customers expect the same level of service and ease of use. Um, and they encounter in other aspects of their digital lives, the same way you and I use WhatsApp every day uh, or want to go onto Checkers 60, for example, and order and, 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 uh, uh, and order your groceries. You want to have that type of seamless experience. Uh, but meeting the expectations requires banks to continuously improve their digital platforms, as an example, right? Enhancing user experiences and providing tailored solutions that I suppose you could say cater for their for their individual needs. And all of this is underpinned by the technology. And choosing the right technology is is always the difficult part. I mean that's that's what we 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 uh we try to aim or achieve every day for our for our banking clients, right? Large transformational pro, uh, uh, programs that will allow them to make the right decisions when it comes to the technology the right decisions when it comes to what their existing products and services are, how they're looking to expand on their products and services, and ultimately, the, the consumer at the end. Right? Are they actually able uh, to use uh, these products and services based on the underlying technology that is provided by the banks? And, and I guess that's, that's how we look at it. Um, and when you're looking at something like that, I'm one of the things that one would be curious to understand is what's the conversation that's being had, mm. right? Uh, between, let's say, uh, a firm like yours and a financial institution. Is it, dear Accenture, please help us. We are trying to, you know, make sure that we stay competitive. Um, or is it, um, dear Accenture, we just happen to have a billion rand budget that needs to be spent in the right way on technology? Look, I think it goes both ways, right? I think, uh, let me start from an Accenture perspective. We identify banking trends um, and, and we monitor them over, um, over a period of time uh, to then hone in on what we believe are the key banking trends that will take the industry forward over the next few years. Um, and we share these. Uh, with with banking and financial institutions, um, adversely or only on on the flip side of that coin, uh, banks know who we are and at times will reach out uh, with an understanding of our capabilities and what we can and what we've done previously and what we can and how we can potentially help them. Uh, so it's it's more of a, a a partnership and a meeting of the minds uh, that kicks off a conversation uh, to allow us to get to a point where. It's a mutually beneficial approach uh, to how we how we service the how we service the industry, and and traditionally uh, when we talk about banking operations and how we want to enhance banking operations, um, what is they are they serve as the backbone of financial of the financial industry, and it has been that way 
for many decades, right? Uh, and having been successful in meeting some of customer de- of our customers' demands in the past, I'm going to touch again on what rapidly evolving digital landscapes and the question of, I guess, uh, sufficiently arising customer expectations and technology technological advancement. That word always trips me up. Continue to reshape the the banking industry, and and, and that's why I mean that's what I meant by. We have industry trends. We have we analyze industry trends. We have the capabilities and the solutions that will that we take uh, uh, to the banking industry. And again, the banks understand where their problems lie. Uh, so it's our job to understand them and what they're trying to achieve, and tailor or bring the right solution in order for them to move forward. And when you t- and it, when you're trying to tailor you know, some of those uh, solutions or at least um, advice, strategy, um, guiding what's actually going to happen on the ground. How does one, because everything seems to have, you know, some tension, you know, behind it. Uh, How does one then look at, you know, there's a trend right now. Let's, 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 let's address uh, the biggest one, which is AI. Um, you know, there'll be a trend like AI and it literally seems like everyone and their cat right now is trying to use AI in one way or another. And, uh, I was talking to someone who said, "Ah, you know, sometimes we just talk about AI, but sometimes AI is not the right, it's not the right solution or even the right approach to solving a particular issue. Uh, but people just want to be seen to be using, you know, quote-unquote AI so that they don't seem as if uh, they are lagging behind. Um, So in the current landscape, you know, what's the discussion around AI um, when it comes to financial services? Uh, Am I going to get onto my banking app one day and, uh, you know, be able to talk to some chatbot that's able to give me a full retirement plan, you know, in the space of like 10 minutes. Like, where are we going? Look, and, and uh, I think chatbots are, are a good starting point. But right? I'm going to refer to um, the Gartner hype, hype cycle where when chatbots first came into the industry, everybody wanted one, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, that hype cycle is is in the shape of a bell. So everybody jumped on it, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was massive hype. And then we got to the, I guess, to the pinnacle, and then it completely dropped the other side of the bell, right? Where everybody were they the I guess most financial institutions who implemented not just banks but um, other businesses in different sectors implemented chatbots uh, that were potentially powered by AI but didn't work and left customers completely frustrated, right? Um, Fast forward 2023, and I think leveraging AI and automation in the banking industry has has now gone in leaps and bounds. Um, We now look at automation as a way to transform the way banks operate and interact with their customers. Um, My crystal ball has been wrong before, but when you mentioned, will you be able to um, I guess, get a home loan via a chatbot with all your details and your preferences in the space of 10 minutes. I think we're already there, right? Depending on the level of maturity of a specific financial institution or bank. 
um, these things can be implemented accordingly. But the technologies have revolutionized the way uh, customer experiences, risk management, fraud detection, the operationally efficiencies have been relooked. And, and that's how we approach it from an Accenture perspective. So by leveraging AI and automation effectively, banks can stay ahead in a rapidly evolving digital landscape and meet customers' expectations for seamless, personalized services, which is exactly what you want when you are potentially going for a home loan. However, it's essential for banks to balance innovation and ethical considerations to build and maintain trust with customers, right? And that's what we look at. And I mean, there's multiple ways we could we could skin this cat, but when you look at integration of AI and automation, what does that mean? How far have AI-powered systems come and how can they be utilized across various banking functions, including customer service and risk assessment? Enhancing customer experiences, what does that mean? How does it play a pivotal role and providing seamless and personalized customer experiences. We just we just touched on chatbots. Virtual assistants is another name that flies around. Are they capable of handling routine customer queries and getting the answer that you want 24-7? Personalization and product recommendations. What does that mean? Is your home in Kailicha or is your home in Kailami? Which one is it? Do that, does the bank know who you are? Does the technology know who you are and they can it provide, uh, can the algorithms offer personalized product recommendations that are tailored services to suit your individual needs? And fraud is a big thing, right? You want to know as a customer uh, that your information is safe. So, so, I mean, that's just the way uh, that we look at it, how we approach it uh, when we start to identify AI as a whole and what it, could t- what it potentially means for banks going forward. There's a lot to unpack. Um, with what you've just said. And I, I feel yes. like each one of the points that you've just raised is is a whole discussion, um, you know, on its, its own. own. Yes. <laughs> uh, so without getting too deep into that, I'm going to proffer up something that I've been thinking about. I'm not a banker, uh, but I am a banking customer. Um, yes. And one of the things that... I, I would be keen to see some AI, I guess, working around. And I think it ties into the legacy aspects that we spoke about earlier on. So I'm going to proffer I'm going to proffer my potential solution and you can you can you can tell me whether or not um, 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 uh, it's something that can be done or whether or not my, my dreams are just uh, you know unrealistic. Go for it. In a in a in a banking institution, uh, one of the one of the one of the things that's unique about banks is regulation. There's a lot of regulation around banks, and in regulating how banks operate, uh, banks tend to have different service areas, different entities, and in a legacy situation, one of the things that customers have tended to face is that. Despite the fact that you have an initial application to open a bank account, one often has to uh, serve up the same information if they want to uh, get a home loan, get a car loan. And, you know, when you're interacting with various parts, maybe you want to open an investment account with another part of a bank. I would love some. (laughs) Yes, I would love some AI that goes out. 
And instead of me filling out the same forms like six same times, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is able to gather. Obviously, I understand that from uh, there's regulation around it and ring fencing certain types of operations and the like. But I would love some AI, you know, where you have the, the governance risk and compliance factors built in. It can go out, find my information, and then all I have to do is to add the specifics that this particular department wants. Instead of starting again, hi, please give us your ID, please give us your 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 proof of uh, proof of residence and the like. So, how realistic is you know my my request to the to the banking industry here with technology? Two things. Let's talk about compliance uh, and regulatory support when it comes to AI um, and automation and the other consideration and the other one being ethical considerations and data privacy. Right. When you look at AI powered solutions, they assist banks in maintaining compliance um, with ever evolving regulatory uh, requirements, which are set by the governing bodies, uh, depending on where you are. Right. And these technologies can quickly analyze vast amounts of data to identify any compliance gaps, flag potential risks, and ensure adherence to the relevant laws and regulations. So to answer your question, can AI help? Absolutely, right? It forms part of the fundamental framework of what AI is supposed to do to try and help banks' operations improve. When you look at ethical considerations and data privacy with the increased adoption of AI and automation, Banks need to prioritize ethical consideration and data privacy to ensure customers entrust them with sensitive financial information. And it is crucial for banks to maintain transparency and secure customer data to build and maintain trust. Now, with that said, banks, and and, and I'm not going to mention any banks' names, but whether it's local or global, but most banks work in a siloed manner. Right, you find that different product houses operate autonomously to provide a product or a service to their customers. Um, which goes back to your point when you want to get a car loan or you want to get a personal loan or a home loan, you find yourself filling out uh, the same information over again. From a KYC perspective, the bank should know who you are. Right. That is the ultimate goal is to ensure that uh, within the banking operations, how how the core banking is constructed, integrated into the different product houses allows you to then as a customer. Pick and choose the different products and services you need at a specific point in time without having to duplicate your personal information and service and providing it back to the bank. Currently, we are working with a few banks to try and solve this problem, right? We have solved the problem, but again, it goes back to our first discussion around legacy systems and the ability for those legacy systems to then either ingest or integrate um, with, uh, with new technologies to allow customers to do this. So you're not talking of a utopia that is never going to come to pass it is it is there <laughs> it is our number one aim when we talk about digitization and 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 trans and um, banking operations transformation those need to work hand in hand you can't have one conversation without the other because then you end up 
with a situation where you have frustrated customers who are constantly on social media platforms lambasting you as a bank uh, when you've had an issue or when you are unable to, um, I guess, um, get a new product or service and have to fill out multiple documents again. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's coming. It's once coming. Once again. It's coming. It's coming. It? Okay, the short fine. answer is that's, it's coming. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's very encouraging to know that something like that is coming. The easy question would be why haven't we done this before, but we're not going to go down that path. I'm sure uh, we could spend hours once again on you know that particular, uh, what you call this, um, on that particular thread. But for me, one of the key ones is to then say right now, you know, where we are, um, and I want to bring in analytics and I want to bring in the, the the AI aspect because you've already touched on, um, you know, those two uh, particular issues. I would have thought that this is low-hanging fruit, you know, that it's a very simple thing and it would, as an outsider, it would occur as a missed opportunity that from an analytics point of view, the amount of data that a financial institution has about a person, it would be so easy for them to have such a holistic picture of who you are, what you do, where you're going, where you're likely going to go, the type of products that you need. Obviously, a, a, a particular segment can make can do that. Let's say a retail uh, function in a bank could probably do that, but a more holistic picture because say whatever you want to say, perhaps it's Perhaps it's an inefficient parallel to draw, but say what you want to say about the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, but those guys have been quite efficient at being able to create a holistic view of Mudiwa or Ishmael across across WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, and the like. And they've used it to generate a lot of money out of advertising. And one could imagine that there's uh, a money, there's a revenue generate, there's greater revenue generating potential, you know, for that personalization. And I guess that comes back to the customer centricity aspect that you, you know, spoke about earlier on. But I understand at least, at least I know it's coming. Absolutely. And I think you're referring to the 360, 360 view, or what we call the 360 degree view of the customer, right? Which, which which every business wants to get to uh, because you're able to service your customers better you're able to you're able to surface new products and services and your offerings uh, and and just expand your reach um, as well with your customers but it's very difficult to do your example of social media platforms you must remember that some of these uh, social media platforms are already built on new tech so they don't have they don't have the the uh, legacy issues that the large banks who've been who've been around for hundreds of years um, currently have to transform that is is very difficult and it's a different use case to that of a social media organization. However, your your point around data and analytics, I think, is critical. I'll give you a, a simple example, right? I, I I enjoy the gym. I enjoy working out and and monitoring my health and my body and what I'm doing um, and getting the feedback in order for me to make the tweaks and changes to my diet or my workout routine and following my heart rate. So that, that, that data that I receive daily 
um, helps me to improve. Now, from a banking perspective, it doesn't work differently, any differently, right? Data and analytics play a different role in the success of banks and how they rapidly advance in a data-driven world. So they need to make more informed decisions, drive innovation, personalize customer experiences, optimize their operations. I mean, a multitude of things need to come into, into play when you look at data and, 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 and analytics, right? In an increasingly competitive and customer-centric financial landscape as well, data and an analytics will be, I guess, a key differentiator for how banks are seeking to remain relevant, agile, and more customer-focused. Now, that means you need to make data-driven decisions daily. And if you don't have the right data models or don't understand where your data is coming from, you're unable to analyze it, and you're also unable to then get a 360 view of the customer, which then feeds into you know, the, the example you gave of having to fill out multiple forms of your own personal information. Um, personalization becomes something very dif difficult uh, for them to attain, right? Identifying opportunities and trends are can only happen when you have the right analytics and the right data um, at hand. You're also unable to look at risk management and fraud detection if you don't have the right inputs coming into your organization when it comes to data and analytics. You're also unable to do product development and optimize these products if you don't have the right data. So it's, it's, it's critical and not every organization has got it right. There's still a ways to go. Um, and, and I think, but I think we're all moving in the right direction and we work daily with our customers to see um, how we can, how they can improve. Yeah, we we wait to see how that particular discussion does, uh, you know, evolve over time. And especially when you when you think about, I guess once because I guess as a consumer, whether you're a consumer, whether you're a business, um, as you as you rightly put it earlier on, individuals are already um, individuals and organizations are already giving this very sensitive information and entrusting it with financial institutions. Um, so it only makes sense, you know, that one would be able to capitalize um, on on the data that's coming out from there. But I guess um, you need to have a, a number of pieces um, all working together to make, um, you know, something like that, uh, there's something like that happen. So Ishmael, at this point, I want to change gears a little bit. Yeah, go for it. And... The competitive landscape, all right? This is something that I spend a lot of my time looking at, and that is uh, the, the the world of fintech, right? Really great and exciting, um, you know, companies that are coming up. And whether we're talking about um, Flutterwave um, in Nigeria, whether we're talking about Yoko and uh, Jumo, you know, from uh, South Africa, you know, uh, the fintech companies have really made a lot of headway uh, over the last uh, decade or so. And depending on who you speak to, people then say that uh, these guys are coming to eat the lunch of the banks, right? Um, is that necessarily the case? Do these uh, different operators, you know, coexist? Uh, do we see some type of consolidation down the line? Um, you know, like um, I think Standard Bank bought SnapScan a few years ago and you have a number of different, let's say, integrations 
um, you know, that end up happening between, let's say, your banks and your payment gateways, you know, that type of thing. Like, what direction do you see these different ecosystems working in? Simply because one is working off of legacy, the other is working off of new technology. So do they meet in the middle or do they continue fighting it out? I'm a I'm I'm a firm believer in fostering collaborative ecosystems, and I think I wrote a, a, an article recently that touched on on what this potentially means um, for the banking industry. I, I don't I don't believe the banks are going anywhere. Let's let's start there, right? I think I think I think the banking the banking network is too strong, um, and it's already embedded in the fabric of our own societies locally and globally, and that I, I, it's going to be very difficult, right? Digital banks neobanks have also come to the fore and the fintechs are doing some great stuff but but i i believe i believe that we need to start to look at how do we foster collaborative ecosystems and benefit from the different ideas that fintechs are bringing and some of the more robust processes and frameworks that the um that the existing banks uh, have as well when we look at the banking industry there's been a lot of emphasis on how banks are em- embracing partnerships and collaboration. You just gave an example of how banks are acquiring different fintechs to enhance their existing capabilities, right, and their offerings. And and these embracing these partnerships and collaboration to deliver innovative and comprehensive solutions to customers in what we are now living in a, in a, a rapidly involved, evolving landscape. It needs to be embraced because this means that with fintech companies, and other stakeholders, banks can deliver seamless and personalized experiences. You'll see I continuously or constantly touch on uh, your your point around seamless customer engagement or seamless customer experiences. It's important because um, these ecosystems create that, right? It becomes more personalized. You have innovative solutions that keep pace with technological, technological advancements, and these exceed customer expectations. You cannot rely solely on an existing fabric, which we can call refer to as a banking, the banking fabric that we have now, and separately have a discussion on fintechs. I think the two, as part of an ecosystem, are much stronger. You create a more, I guess it enables access to new markets, accelerate innovation. We create integrated products and services that provide value a proposition that is enticing and is amplified to our customers as well. And that creates what is what I call the multiplier effect. But however, to be successful in collaboration, it requires careful planning. There's the regulatory compliance piece that you touched on uh, earlier as well. I think we briefly spoke about that. And it also means that there needs to be a cultural shift towards openness and innovation within the banking industry, right? And it's very it's very difficult. I mean, having a discussion, if you put a, a young fintech CEO and an existing CEO of a bank, they are worlds apart in terms of their understanding of technology and its implementation and what it can do for the customers, right? They may have a bank, they both may have an understanding of the fundamentals of the banking system, and how money is how money is moved within our, our our world, but the technologies are fundamentally different, and how they reach customers is is fundamentally different. And that cultural shift towards openness and innovation needs a meeting of the minds to create a and foster a collaborative ecosystem. 
So right now, in the moment that we're in, yes, banks are talking about uh, moving forward with the technology, modernizing uh, what are legacy systems, embracing new things. We've spoken AI, data analytics. Um, you touched earlier on, on on cybersecurity. From your vantage point, right, if we're going to have some real talk, are the are the you know the the more established uh, those in charge of the more established institutions are they really embracing these things or is it a one of those we must appear to be you know embracing these things where it's uh, more of a tick box exercise? No, I don't believe it's a tick box exercise. I think there is a a deliberate effort to to make the shift. Um, I think it's it's. It's inevitable that we can't we can't run away from what technology brings to the financial institutions, banks, insurers, uh, fintechs, um, and ultimately what it means for the customers. Um, I don't think we're just paying it lip lip service. I think, and and I'll paint you a real picture within our financial services practice. We are deliberate in how we engage with our clients. It needs to it needs to be an approach and a solution that works for the betterment of this of society as well as the communities we live and serve if we're not that's the that's the purpose if we're not doing it with that purpose in mind then why are we doing it at all we might as well stay in the dark ages and not try to enhance anything and and again i mean you just mentioned cybersecurity. i think i touched on it on it, on it briefly but from a cybersecurity perspective, digital banking focuses on on safeguarding cost, customer data and financial assets, uh, and and that means that we need to continuously have the conversation. How do we ensure that our employees, as an example, within the banking institution, understand the risks, understand how the practices and how to protect their customers? How do we ensure that we are actually building solutions and program and, and embarking on programs that are ultimately going to make a difference? I am also very realistic in terms of what we've tried, what and when I say we, I'm talking about those that work within 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 uh, the financial services industry. What have we done over the last decade uh, that has actually made a difference? I think there are certain initiatives uh, that have run that may not have seen the light of day because we were probably not ready for some of the technology, some of the advancements that we 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 put forward. Um, but it's a continuously and ever evolving uh, environment that the conversation never dies. So so and and as long as as long as there's a customer who wants to use banking services and is looking for new products, whether it is just for themselves or for their kids. I have kids and I'm, I'm sure my kids, I mean, they have their own bank accounts. They're still very young, but they'll have different needs from a bank account than what we do today. And we need to look forward in terms of what does that look, what does that look like? How do we make their lives easier with technology? Because they're definitely, and the branch is never going to die from, in, in my view, no, I, well, I don't think I'll see it, but they, There'll be more digital platforms from a banking perspective that will operate. And, and we need to continue that conversation to see what that looks like in the future. 
And I think that's a good place for us, uh, you know, to round up this discussion, um, Ishmael, you know, around those needs. And I think it helps us to flip um, the conversation a little bit, you know, to say what's the attitude of uh, your traditional financial institutions around technology. But in the, the other side of that equation is the consumer and uh, the users, you know, yeah. um, of this technology, of the banking products and the like. Um, you spoke about needs just now. Um, from what you can see, you know, I'm going to ask you to gaze once again into your crystal ball, you know, to say, um, where do you see some of the new areas, um, you know, of, uh, of innovation? Um, I will speak as a consumer and I'll say where I want innovation is, hey, guys, can we just be able to send money between one bank and another without the need for an extra <laughs> an extra kickback, you know, fee, you know, 50 rand. And also um, being able to instantly make uh, cross-border payments. So I th yeah, I think that would be incredible. Obviously, understanding that the likes of BankServe are working on these types of things. But, you know, th those, are, those are my, you know, some of the things on my personal wish list. Uh, but from your point of view, you know, interacting with the different banks and the research that you guys have done, where do you see some of those needs uh, from a customer experience going? Because that informs some of the opportunities uh, that other banks or new fintechs will be able to take advantage of. Look, I think pay the payments discussion is a long discussion, right? Um, <laughs> on, 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 its, on its own. And, and I mean, payments take different shapes and forms depending on where you are. Uh, when you look at, uh, I think it's Kenya with Mbesa as an example, I think they've done some incredible stuff. Um, but it works. Uh, it works within within that region, right, or in that country, um, for those that are unbanked, um, as an example. And I think I think I think that is that is where I would potentially like to see a little bit more um, uh, promotion uh, from a financial inclusion and reaching the unbanked. Uh, as an example, right? Digital banking and mobile solutions. Like, how how do we how do we reach populations with limited access to physical banking branches? Um, I, I think that's that's something that's very close to my heart. Mobile apps and digital wallets can provide the basic banking services such as payments, transfers, balance inquiries. I mean, there's a myriad of stuff, right? To individuals with smartphones but again the smartphone penetration from an africa perspective is not where it's supposed to be however again and you asked me to gaze into my crystal ball i think i think agent banking and banking correspondence need to be established those partnerships with local businesses and agents to act as banking correspondence is what i'm referring to this approach will allow individuals to in remote areas to act with access to uh, uh, to banking services, right? Through these agents, I think I think if we have a bit more conversation around that, um, that will that would definitely be where I feel some and some enhancements will need to be made. Um, and we're starting to see some of the fruits of of these discussions over the last uh, over the last decade. I mean, I won't even touch on biometric identification, right? But microfinance and microcredit programs are already starting to take shape. You know, how do we offer microfinance and microcredit uh, uh, programs to tailor to the needs of small scale businesses, entrepreneurs, individuals that are trying to start up businesses, but are, are, are unable or are hindered by the existing, um, I guess, banking roadblocks 
uh, that are provided. Um, so, so I think, I think, I think that's where I look at it. And, and of course, we can have all these technologies. We can, we can, we can have new solutions. We can try and transform our existing banking landscape. But if we don't have financial education and literacy, in order for us to implement financial education and literacy, we need to empower the unbanked and the unbanked population with knowledge and skills. How does it actually work? There's no way I can go into remote areas or those that don't have access to the information you and I have and start talking cross-border payments and uh, uh, and, and 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 cryptocurrency and you know it's it's I think it's it's a foreign language right and blockchain because those are the types of technologies to your point that will provide us with instant payments, we'll reduce the fees that you mentioned, right? There's zero fees in, in some of these discussions. However, and you'll find banks are starting to get involved in these discussions. How do they leverage blockchain and cryptocurrencies and how do they enhance their payment their, their payments infrastructure and so on? Um, but but that's where I believe we need to we need to make uh, we need to we need to promote financial inclusion, reach the unbanked um, and just provide digital banking and mobile solutions to enable them to do better in the societies we live and serve. All right. So that's where we end off. It has been a, uh, you know, uh, incredible conversation, wide ranging. I think that's the <laughs> word I'm going to use because, yeah, we, 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 we've, we've come from, you know, a focus on customer. We've spoken about, uh, you know, some of the new technologies such as AI. Uh, we've also delved into the world of data analytics, cybersecurity, um, fintechs, you know, all of this stuff um, that is um, affecting uh, financial services right now and some of the key takeaways i would say is uh you know i like where we began you know to say that we're not saying that the financial services uh, industry has not been using technology, but rather there needs to be a modernization of uh, some of the systems and technology that are being used. Uh, that legacy continues to be an overhang uh, for the industry and, you know, how that hampers um, certain types of development and how, you know, there's a lot of complexity uh, that is involved behind doing what might seem like a simple thing. Um, you know, it requires many, many pieces uh, to be in place. I think we spoke quite a bit around having a 360 view of, uh, you know, of a customer from a financial services point of view. Uh, but, you know, what does that mean in a world of regulation and making sure uh, that uh, information is kept safe, uh, but also at the same time, you know, dealing with the tension of wanting to know more, uh, you know, taking advantage of the data and offering good products, but whilst all also at the same time safeguarding the data that has been entrusted um, to some of these institutions. Very, you know, deep debates that, uh, you know, people need to be having. And then, you know, just ending off to say, you know, where could uh, we be going? And, you know, some of the areas that Ishmael mentioned, um, you know, include uh, some of those uh, remittance, you know, types of discussions, but also, you know, how do you give access uh, to financial services to those uh, that don't have access, whether it's geographical or financial, you know, to formal banking services. Um, and, you know, for now, that seems to be the domain of a lot of your, your fintech companies, but they can't exist um, on their own. Uh, he, he, he has staked his, you know, his claim to say, for now, 
the bank branch will continue to reign supreme, um, you know, but uh, making some of the services that would typically be available at some of those branches will likely see it with uh, agent networks. I think your mobile money operators have been really good at putting some of those um, infrastructures in place and will continue to see development over time. So that's been it. It has been a great discussion. We're talking to Ishmael, um, uh, who was uh, talking to us uh, from uh, Accenture's uh, financial services practice um, around all of these, uh, you know, different, um, you know, aspects. They definitely want to catch up with uh, in a couple of months um, or a year just to see and hear some of the developments that would have happened in the space. Ishmael, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Mudiwa. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my Myself and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.